Find Your Focus is a recharging space for the ambitious, introverted woman. Grab a quick energy boost and reflect on how you want to show up as an introverted leader in your personal and professional life. Here's some inspiring stories of people around the world who've done things differently from society's extroverted expectations. Your host, Heather, a woman's leadership and life transitions coach, founder of a restored radiance coaching for the ambitious introvert, international communicator and marketer, world traveler, UK expat, and fellow introvert. Heather aims to help ambitious, introverted women find their unique leadership voice and create life transition roadmaps from career changes to moving countries or cities. Join Heather every Tuesday to find your focus, to fill your mindset with positivity and motivation to go after your dreams using your own unique energy blueprint. Your perceived weaknesses are your powerhouse. Here is your host. Hello, hello, ambitious introverts. It's Heather here, and this is season two of the Find Your Focus podcast. So welcome back. If you have been tuning in all of last season, listening to the various ambitious introverted guests we've had featuring all their creative ways of engaging and um, interacting in the world. I hope they've been inspiring to you and informative and given you tips and maybe even some entertainment as you've navigated 2020. Um, if you're new uh, to the podcast, thank you and welcome. Um, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. This episode is featuring um, Lisa Farrell. She is a match making expert and she's going to be talking about how to start dating as an introvert well socially distancing dating as an introvert and so it's full of tons of tips and I hope it's helpful for you as you start the new year and as we um, start February. Um, this was a really interesting conversation for myself. Um, I so kind of like you know step back maybe 2019 I am um, after 11 years living living in Scotland I decided to move back home to be closer to family and so I moved to Washington DC in June 2019 started to kind of get a feel for the city and and kind of start to to lie some roots down meet some people and then of course the pandemic hit so um, just like you you're probably thinking of all of those moments um, last year that challenged you and that threw the wrench <laughs> you know the, uh, in the the machine and messed things up a little bit um, and so yes um, my goals of connecting with family for next or for last year were definitely put on pause. Um, one of my other goals was to actually start dating. Um, I had stopped dating right before, actually <laughs> about over two years before I moved to Scotland or moved back to the States from Scotland. Um, and I was really keen to start to date again to find somebody who would want a long-term relationship and and um, marriage and kids in the future and so that certainly was definitely put on pause as well um, I um, when this all happened of course I was just as shook as probably you all um, as well um, and I knew that I needed to take a beat that I couldn't just react based on what I was feeling, which was fear. Um, I knew that I wasn't going to get the best results with that. So took a step um, to just to rest and to sit in that um, fertile void and to just fill my soul up with things that made me feel better. So that was um, venting to friends and family and checking up on them and seeing if they needed help. It was sleeping lots. Um, I actually got COVID during that time around last May so I was also sleeping lots because of that um, and throughout a few months of just focusing on myself and my health and getting my energy back and my sheer focus was to to look after my energy I then sat in just a long enough fertile void where creative ideas and opportunities started to bubble up and that I, I re revisited that goal of mine which was to find that long-term partner and so I thought okay well let's just see what's out there um, what do I have to lose and 
um, around, I think late August, early September, I started a date. Um, of course, I, I normally date multiple people at once because I tend to be more anxious as a dater and that's a way that I can enjoy the process more. Um, however, that's not something I was felt comfortable doing, um, as I was social distancing. So I made a rule to only date one person at a time, as in like, if I were to see them socially distance. So with that rule, it really gave me more clear boundaries, but also made me, um, review my, my deal breakers and then look at the conversations I was having via chat and then having conversations on video chat and seeing who were the people that were more aligned to my values and my interests and was I having fun with them? Were they somebody I'd hang out with as a friend? Um, or were they, um, expending my energy and making me feel worse about myself? And so it was a beautiful way of actually being able to, um, stay in tune with my, um, needs and making sure that they were met. So, um, this conversation with Lisa really hit home over the things that I was learning about myself and what I needed, um, in relationships last year. And I really hope it's just as a nourishing just as informative and inspiring to you. If you're contemplating um, getting back out there and starting to date in um, the new year. And of course, if you're not um, ready, that's perfectly fine, of course, as well. Perhaps you'll just listen to this and, and laugh and kind of relate as a person who's been in the dating world. Um, or maybe, you know, kind of laugh underneath the cover, eating some chocolate, being very glad you're not out there right now. Let me know, send me a DM if um, you thought this was good, what you did and didn't like, um, what you'd want to see more of in terms of relationships and dating on the podcast in the future. You can find me on Instagram at A Restored Radiance and I look forward to speaking with you soon. All right, enjoy. Hi ladies, I'm so excited um, to have our guest for today, Valencia Vargas. She is a courage coach for empaths, so she is going to be talking all about courage and all about the experience as an empath. So Valencia, welcome. Hi, it's, thank you for having me on and um, I'm really happy to get to speak to you today. Oh, can't wait to dive in and to hear your your own experiences and to to learn um, all the tips that you have. So, um, I like to do a little like introverted icebreaker. I know as introverts we usually groan at the thought of an icebreaker, but I promise these are like fun little deep dive introvert <laughs> icebreakers. <laughs> so, you <Okay>. ready? <laughs> I'm open. I'm ready. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so. First off, I want to know how and why you identify as an ambitious introvert. Oh, okay. Um, so I have always had dreams that are really big, uh, and I've always had a huge imagination. So when I was a lot younger, I would dream about um, sometimes being on stage or just helping a lot of people. Uh, I'm always thinking about how I can grow and how I can just affect the world in a bigger way. And I identify as being an introvert because I love solo activities and taking time to myself to recharge. And after a certain amount of time of being social, it's kind of like a bomb. You just kind of <laughs> except you don't explode outward; it's more inward. You know, you just start feeling like you um, would be feel happier at home. <laughs> alone curled up on the couch um, and I start to fantasize about being at home and relaxing because uh, it takes a lot less energy to be myself to be by myself oh my god I am laughing so hard about that internal bomb explosion because it's so right that is the perfect analogy <laughs> yeah you can like and you can feel it taking, you know when it's getting time close to that time so um it's, I think the further you go along your journey, you start to be able to identify that um, earlier so that you're not, you know, panicked and, um, you know, scrambling to get out. And that way I can just plan and let everyone know I'm going to be here for two hours 
and after that I'm, I'm going home <laughs> exactly it's like the squirrely vibes happen it's like my, my eye slightly twitches I'm like oh yeah I need to, to recharge by myself <laughs> yeah yeah I need to go reset <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I love it so um, I'm also curious as well because I feel like introverts get a bad rap or at least um, they have in the past and so everyone always assumes introvert equals shy or all these other um, connotations with quiet and, and so forth. So what do you like best about being an introvert? Um, I love that you bring that up because that is so true. I think sometimes people have trouble identifying themselves as introverts and sometimes they call themselves ambiverts when what they really mean is that they, they enjoy spending time with people and they enjoy being social but they do enjoy recharging after that and spending time by themselves. And I identify um, with being an introvert who enjoys hanging out with people. Um, I love I love connecting with people, especially in one-on-one situations. Um, so I, I really like the ease and comfort in enjoying my own company. I think as an introvert, we we're used to being by ourselves and we like it and we don't always feel this pressure to to talk to someone or to fill silence and that's really beautiful and there's so many different activities i can choose from to occupy my time that i'm almost never bored i really like reading and playing video games and sometimes i just like thinking thinking is a hobby that's <laughs> <laughs> so true um and of course I love going out with friends when the time comes, but I'm happy either way. And accepting myself as an, as an introvert has allowed me to feel that happiness either way. Oh, that's, I love that. Um, yeah, thinking is definitely a hobby. There'll be moments where like, I'll just, <laughs> I'll be sitting there having a good think, like in my little dream world, <laughs> like being really super creative and like all of a sudden I'll burst out laughing or I'll do this like big cheesy smile and then I realize. <laughs> realize everyone's around you and they're kind of looking at you yeah. like what just happened mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you're like well I can't explain it because I had to give you the whole like backstory yeah yeah and and heaven forbid something really sad just happened or oh yes or it's like completely like an inappropriate social reaction to what's going on around you um I've been there <laughs> I've just been daydreaming about something else it's hilarious <laughs> yes yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, there can be casualties. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, but luckily we, we have friends who love us and, you know, and understand and. Absolutely. (laughs) Support us and laugh at us or with us really. (laughs) Um, I'm curious as well. Have you always identified as an introvert? Um, or has that been something that like you really explored and what did that look like? Because I'd imagine um, I'm interesting. I'm interested in how it's it's shaped you into the person you are and how you interact with people. Yeah, um, that's a really good question because when we're so when we're younger and we're growing up, the terms introvert and extrovert don't really come up all that often. I feel like I I was just encouraged to to go play <laughs> and. Uh, I didn't really identify as an introvert until I had heard of the word and heard about the research behind it, which was in college. Um, I actually took the Myers-Briggs in college, and um, one of my letters is I for introverted, and when I read more about that, I really resonated with it. And it's shaped how I interact with the world in kind of giving me an explanation for what I'm experiencing, which has helped me just to feel more comfortable. I have sometimes felt like I'm on the outside looking in of social situations because I do, uh, I just like to sit back and observe a lot of times when I first meet people. And even when I have known people for a while, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I, I'm just uh, an observer. And it's just helped me labeling myself as an introvert has helped me to be more comfortable with that and feel less pressure to do what everyone else is doing. Mm, 
Oh, I love that. Yeah. Like the freedom that it gives you actually um, to just accept you and, and how you're seeing the world and interacting with the world. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you also mentioned as well that you um, identify as an empath. And I think for women who are listening, they might not know of that term or what it is. So could you explain what an empath is and then how it's different from being an introvert? Sure. So an empath is someone who feels deeply and often feels the emotions of other people. They're very in tune with their environment and often much more so than the average person. And that results in increased perceptivity. So many times empaths are are more able to see people's true intentions because they may be picking up um, energetically on what the other person is giving off. Um, in addition to just being more observant about a person's micro expressions um, and other and their body language and their tone. So being an introvert is more just about how you gain energy and how you like to recharge. Um, so I was reading some of the research about introverts and empaths, which if I do, I do just want to say that there, there's a lot of research about being an introvert, but there isn't a lot of scientific research done about being an empath. Uh, so that's that was really interesting. But there are a few people in the medical field and the field of psychology who do identify as empaths who have written books about it. And so that's where I've gotten a lot of my information. But you can be both an introvert and an empath, and many empaths are introverts, in part because when you feel um, emotions so deeply and when you pick up the emotions of other people, you it just becomes an intense experience for you to, to be around people. It, it makes it so that there's a lot more going on inside your brain and even more going on inside your body and it can just feel like a relief for you to be alone. And when you're alone, you're just kind of there, how do I wanna say this? Like vibrating with yourself. So in a social situation, you're talking to someone else and um, you're kind of bouncing off of them and their emotions are, are bouncing off of you and vice versa. And when you're alone, that, that's just happening with yourself. So that can be more comfortable, if that makes sense. Oh, um, so, yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you've, you've really phrased that beautifully about vibrating with yourself. And I think that's so important to note the differences between um, being empath and being an introvert, but how they can kind of intersect. Um, because I've, I feel that as an I'm, I also identify as an empath as well, but I can walk into a room and like you said, it's like you're picking up on those those cues. So a lot of communication that people give off is about 60% is about nonverbal cues. So it's like the body language and the way that a person might be glancing at a clock or looking away from you and signaling that they're not really interested or maybe somebody else is signaling that they're really uncomfortable or stressed or angry. And so you can pick up on these nonverbal cues and read people's um, their energies and their feelings. And But then you, it, sometimes if you're if you don't know how to cope with that, that much information, it's like overload on your system, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can be really overwhelming. So I'm curious as well, like how did you figure out you were, empath you were an empath and um, what kind of led you on this journey of kind of self-discovery? Was there a pain point or was it just a wonderful surprise? Thank you for asking that. Um, so I realized that I was an empath, I think pretty recently in comparison to, just in comparison to a lot of other people who I've spoken to who are also empaths. The way that it kind of came into my life is that I started, so well first I wanna say that I, I, I do consider myself a spiritual person and I also combine those principles with scientific principles 
Um, but I, I just try to evaluate my life um, in a big picture perspective. So I, I recently started seeing a, a psychologist a few months ago. And when I first met her, I, I said a few things that indicate that I was a spiritual person. And I felt so lucky that I was able to um, that I was able to talk with her candidly about those things and that she also is spiritual. And she said, I really appreciate you telling me that because I never know how, how deep I can go with people because some people aren't into, uh, I'll use the term woo-woo. That's, <laughs> that's a really popular term recently. Uh, so she can talk with me both about um, scientific principles and spirituality. So when I started talking about some of the things that had happened in my childhood and that were happening in my life, she brought up the terms highly sensitive and empath to me and told me that I had um, a lot of the like, a lot of the indicators and she encouraged me to research more about it and so I did on my own and I realized that I really resonate with a lot of the um, descriptors for both of those terms I do want to say that I don't necessarily have all of the uh, classic descriptors of being in the empath. So, for example, online, I kept reading about people who have uh, a, a quote-unquote uncanny connection with animals, and I, I, I love animals. Um, I do feel a connection with wolves, but I don't have. I'm not like nature woman with their birds <laughs> you know, like landing around me. Um, I think dogs love me just about as much as they love any other person if it's a friendly dog. Um, <laughs> I have a cat and I love her very much, but I don't. I don't think I can read her thoughts. I've only had her for a few months now. So you see, what I'm saying, I, I don't have. I'm not like 100%. Oh my God! All of these um, description descriptions um, describe me, but I would say that about 80% of them do, and that is enough for me to say I'm. I'm comfortable taking on this label. So I just want to say to anyone listening that. It's okay to still like identify with being an empath, even if you don't check off every box. That you're still, it's still enough. Mm, I love that, yeah. and I think as well, like the whole term of labels, right? It's, um, you know, it's it's there more for like a self awareness rather than keeping yourself small, right? Um, it's allowing you to kind of exp- to to truly embrace your um your identity and to find the strengths in them rather than like seeing it as a closed little like box where you can't expand and grow right um so i know that you know in our patriarchal society um often being sensitive was seen as weak right um so for you how have you seen being an empath as a strength so I'm, I want to tie my answer to this question back into how being an empath has impacted my life. And so one way that the, the view of being sensitive as being weak has impacted me is that it caused it to retreat into myself when people noticed that I was sensitive. Um, so it was almost something that I was, I won't even say almost, it was something that I was ashamed of People have told me repeatedly in life um, and in business that I, I need to develop thicker skin because I'm not going to survive. I'm not going to be successful if I'm sensitive. And at first, I agreed with them that I was the one with the problem. And so I would try to, I, I would just kind of admonish myself when I felt sensitive uh, about something or when my feelings were hurt about something but accepting myself as an empath has allowed me to accept my sensitivity as an asset and I've started really looking at people like like Gandhi and like the Dalai Lama who talk about compassion and who are just known for their for their gentle strength and so looking at using those people as an example I've been able to see that just because I'm not very loud or forceful doesn't mean that I'm not strong and because I'm sensitive I'm able to see when and where compassion is needed more easily than someone else so in some ways I'm 
a better candidate to handle like some of these difficult situations than people who aren't sensitive. And so that's also coincided with me being an empath because I'm intuitive and I can often take an accurate snapshot of what is happening in my life. And I can understand the pain and the joy of others and connect with people more easily. And I think at our core, that that's what we all want to do as humans. We all want to connect with some way. So me being sensitive, if me being sensitive allows me to do that more easily, then, then that is a huge strength. Mm, I love that, that link to connection, right? And in this time where actually um, people are becoming more and more lonely and isolated, um, and it's actually becoming a big issue. For instance, in the UK, they've actually... Um, created a minister of loneliness um, in the government who actually oversees the crisis that is happening um, in that country to deal with um, loneliness. So yeah, loneliness is such a huge issue. And if you're there as a bridge to connect people who might be feeling lonely or isolated and allowing them to feel nurtured and supported, that's an amazing skill. Thank you. And I've read that research about loneliness as well. And that inspired me to start volunteering at a hospice organization because I've read that old people especially um, have rated their loneliness as very high and some of them have even um, resorted to hurting themselves and they've reported feeling like they don't have a purpose in life because they don't feel that connection to other people. So I think you're right, it is a huge issue right now and we're only as a society just starting to notice it and address it. but. It sounds like people like you and I and even your listeners are in a in a good position to help that, help alleviate that. Mm, absolutely. I'm also curious, Valencia, um, just how you've um, how your journey has unfolded. Like, what got you to where you are now as this courage coach for empaths? What kind of led you on this journey? So I have. <laughs> it's it, it's a very long story, but that. A shorter version of it is that I've been a sensitive child my entire life and when I was a lot younger I was I was bullied in school and I just started to hold my personality back Um, I mentioned earlier that I even though I'm an introvert I'm not necessarily shy but when I was younger because of the way that I was treated um, I think that people had started to think I was shy because I just uh, didn't put myself out there anymore. I wasn't as willing to express my personality. So I have just noticed that it can be difficult for me to express myself in relationships. And recently, I have really been focusing on being true to myself and learning about what that means, like what what does it mean to be authentic? And for me, it it means even if, um, let's say I notice something that that might be small in one of my friendships or in a relationship and my feelings are hurt, bringing it up to that person in a respectful way um, and just allowing myself to be seen and heard and and honestly reassured because many times the things that I do feel sensitive about in relationships may, may not, a person may not have the intention to, to hurt me. But when I'm, when I'm authentic and honest about my experience, then I'm giving other people a chance to know me more. And because I had this fear about being myself, it has taken a lot of courage for me to do that. A lot of people think of someone who's authentic and and honest as confident, but I would say that they're courageous because it's really, it's scary to be yourself. You're opening yourself up to judgment. So because of those experiences, I decided that I, I want to help other women experience what I'm feeling now, which is honestly like some excitement at getting a chance to express myself and feeling like I, I know myself more, I, I deserve to have a voice and and I deserve to stand up for myself. And not even I don't not even just stand up for myself because even that 
sounds a little aggressive. I'm also, I'm not a very aggressive person. So when I, when I talk about being authentic and honest and expressing myself to people, I don't, <laughs> I don't like emotionally manhandle them and say, now you listen here, <laughs> what you said was not okay. Um, I just very, I very clearly and matter of factly say, um, when this was said, I feel this way. What I told myself was this. I'm not sure if that's true. So I wanted to talk to you about it. That That's a very open and caring way to, to let someone know that your feelings are hurt. And then it just invites them to, to meet me where I am and, um, and either apologize or, or just tell me what they think. But that way I still get to feel like I expressed myself and like I didn't hold myself back. And I want other women to feel the same way and other women who identify as being an empath. Um, so I, I think being an empath has affected that because not only did I have this fear of expressing myself, but I can also feel when it would be a lot easier for the other person for me not to speak up. Like, I'm not sure if you've ever had that experience where sometimes people know that they are not being completely fair to you and they just kind of want you to go along to get along. And if I can feel that, then it, it, it's just another barrier for me to go through before I express myself. But, um, but I choose to be courageous and express myself. Um, I choose to, to love myself and ultimately love the other person by being honest with them about my experience. And I want other people to feel comfortable and happy doing the same thing. Oh, there's so much goodness in there. And I love the that script, that conversation script that women can borrow um, if they want to um, bring something up that's bothering them with another person. Because um, that's something certainly that I've struggled with um, um, throughout my life is confrontation I think um, because yeah if you're empathic you you immediately understand where the other person's coming from so there can be a tendency to be like oh it's fine I know where they're coming from but by doing that you kind of you restrict yourself from being able to feel hurt and disappointed and you're you're saying by not actually raising this as an issue that your feelings don't matter and over and over and over, if you do that so long, you're actually telling yourself that you're not worthy of of that, you know, those emotions and that experience, and which can have a lot of harm in the past and in the future. So I think that is such an important thing to note that by be by being honest and having that inviting conversation and discussion through the script that you shared, it really invites like a, a deeper more authentic relationship with a person because you are being honest you're you're being vulnerable and you're letting them see a little bit more um about you yeah yeah it is i mean what what you're saying is so true you are being authentic and vulnerable in that moment and i just want to add on to that that i had a conversation with my one of my friends recently and one of my friends was saying that she that she didn't have a lot of close relationships with women growing up because she she just felt like they were really sensitive and like they <laughs> which which is my but so she said she felt like they were sensitive and they wouldn't address their issues with her directly so people might feel hurt from something that she said and then they would ignore her and she would feel confused and and I said you know I'm sensitive and and we've been friends for a while and she knows that I'm sensitive so I didn't take I didn't take that comment personally, but I, I got really curious and I said, so is the problem that they were sensitive or was it that they weren't honest like about their sensitivity? How would you have felt if one of them said, um, you know, if one of them brought something up to you that you didn't think was that big of a deal but was really honest with you and then you talked about it and you could move on? And she said, that would be, that would be perfect and I would have really appreciated appreciated it, but it's really confusing when people get upset by something you say and then just start to ignore you. Ghosting is a really popular term. Um, when people become really short with you and j just start treating you differently. And that was helpful for me to hear too, because honestly, I've, I've done that. 
I and I identify with you as not being a confrontational person. I have I've walked away from people without ever telling them how I truly felt. Um, I bottled things up <laughs> and then had like a list of twenty things and then ended a friendship because of these twenty things that I never brought up <laughs> until now. And uh, that was a long time ago. But I just want to give everyone um, a, the perspective of someone on the other side and just. They, they want to hear how we feel. Even if we think that we are being too sensitive, it seems like other people want to know so that we can both move past it because people love us. They want to maintain a relationship with us even though we are sensitive. They just want to know what to do. And they, they just don't want us to, to be so, I won't even say so sensitive. They just want us to know that we are sensitive and to tell them, that's what I'll say. Oh, that, they want us to know what we want and ask for it. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is, that's. I uh, thank you so much for sharing that because I think even um, hearing that myself, that's such an eye opener and really hits home a lot of what I've been learning as well um, about how to be more open and vulnerable in my relationships um, because there is that natural fear that. By opening ourselves up, we're going to feel more. And because we're empathic, we we tend to be afraid of you know all those intensity, those intense feelings, right? And instead of seeing it as a weakness, like saying actually this is a great way for us to be honest and vulnerable and to grow a relationship, because like you said, the other person who's not an empath won't even understand what we're going through. And how are they going to understand if we just paste on that Vaseline smile and they're like oh everything's fine this is great <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then and then never never talk to them again <laughs> right exactly yeah either ghosting them or like being this like fake like friend and it's like no one likes like a, like an, a perfect robot <laughs> like you can't create a, a friendship there <laughs> yeah this is so good um I'm also really interested in so as empaths, a lot of us, um, it's a lot of emotions. And I think one thing that we can really learn um, as empaths is how to manage our energy and, um, and all of those feelings. So I'm curious for you, how, what, what have you learned along the way through, because hey, it's all experience and, and it's usually pain that we learn, right? So what have you learned along the way and, um, what tips do you have for other women who might want to know ways that they can kind of manage their energy levels? Ooh, so that is something that I have come a long way on, but I am still, um, I, I'm honestly still practicing things to see what works and I'm always open to improving. Um, so something that has been working really well for me has been putting everything, everything that I am going to do on a calendar, excuse me, on my calendar in my phone. So that way, if someone asks me to hang out, then I can I can see not only what I'm doing that day, but what am I doing the day before that? What am I doing the day? <laughs> like, will I have time <laughs> to relax <laughs> in this time? And then telling them, and then being honest with them and saying, you know, I, I, I honestly, another day would be better for me. And then, so what I've noticed is that people seem to respond better to that than to me saying yes and wanting to, you know, wanting everyone to be happy and just wanting to say yes to them. And then as the time grows closer than me saying, you know what, <laughs> I, I don't think this is gonna work. Can we move it to another day? I think just being honest with people up front when they try to schedule plans with me has been helping. Um, putting it on the calendar so that I can see everything I have to do. Noticing how many days a week I seem to function best with without anything on the schedule uh, after, let's say, after my nine to five job. And so for me, I've been experimenting with giving myself two days during the week where I don't have anything to do after work. Um, I've been experimenting with um, giving myself three days um, seeing how how do I like to schedule my weekends? So being 
cognizant of how we're spending our time and then how we're feeling. So journaling, I find that a lot of introverts like to journal. One thing that I have learned from journaling is just reflecting on my day allows me to think more about how I can structure my days in the future. So if I've had a few events on uh, on a specific day and then I, I journal at the end of the day and think about how, I, how I'm feeling, but then in the future I can think, maybe I'll only put two days on my calendar for a Saturday instead of three because doing these three things in one day feels really draining and I want to prevent that as much as possible. So I, I just, I think it all comes down to being aware of how I, I'm feeling and and then being willing to make a small change and sometimes that means tell, telling people no or telling people not today, another day. Oh, that's yeah. so good. Those two tips of, of scheduling in your um, your energy recharging space um, and then um, also journaling to ask yourself how you feel are so like those are so rich there um, and I definitely identify with that I like to to give myself ideally three days a week that I don't have anything scheduled because I like the freedom of space and air and just to like be able to do whatever I want with it and be truly responsive of how addressing how I feel in that moment right now saying that life happens and not every time is perfect right so like for instance this week was really heavy with a lot of um uh social events but also appointments and and things which were perfectly fine but i know that next week i'm creating a lot more space so that i can recharge after a super busy week of every single day was full from like um 8 till 9 p.m so um yeah, it's like it's you know you're not you're gonna have a goal, an ideal, and then kind of like you said, balancing with like what works in that week, and then okay, how can you balance that next week or the week after? And then like you said, if you feel really exhausted after a really rough week, like asking yourself and putting pen to paper um, allows you to see the feelings that are floating in your head, but you may not address because. They're just all swimming there in this big ball of yarn. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good analogy that when you when you put the pen to the paper and you write things out, I do agree with you. It just helps straighten your thoughts out so that they're not just all bouncing around in your head. Mm. And for the, the, the introverted empath who might be listening right now, and she might be super overwhelmed, and she's like, yeah, that sounds great, but... I'm literally burnt out, like frazzled mess right now, and I don't have any energy to do anything because um, she's like in that busy season and it's just all systems ago. What would you tell her um, that she should do or consider in this moment? So when I have felt that way, sometimes I have done things like take a day off from work and give myself a little three-day weekend if I can. Uh, one other way is to is to think about what exactly fills me up, and sometimes that's watching a movie. Um, for me, sometimes it's playing video games that makes me really happy. And just what what is it that relaxes me? Is it taking a bath? And just even even if it's just taking a few minutes in the morning when I wake up, if I know I have a lot to do and, and I feel like I, I've already been like kind of rushing through the week, but just taking a second to ask myself, what what do I really need right now? And when I say second, I mean like five seconds or, or maybe even 10 or 30. If, if that's all I feel like I can give myself in the moment, um, that's that's better than nothing. You know, it's, it, I think that's better than giving yourself nothing. And when I frame it in that way when I frame it as what can I give to myself because I think self-love is 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 a really fun trend <laughs> that's happening right now um so framing it in a way of how how can I love myself what can I give to myself um and seeing what comes up is really helpful for me and and then honestly it's it's okay to cancel plans sometimes Sometimes you just don't feel like you have the energy 
to do it. And I'm lucky enough that I have friends where, where we can we can be honest with ourselves um, or and with each other and say, I'm just I'm really not feeling it tonight. One of my friends uh, canceled plans with a group of us and said, I, I just haven't done any self care. I need to go grocery shopping. And I just need to veg out tonight. I'm not going to be able to make it. And, and no one was upset. We were all understanding. Um, a lot of us are also introverts. So we get it. And um, yeah, so just asking my, taking a, a few seconds to ask myself and then make a plan to give myself what I need if I can't in the, in the near future, if my schedule is super bad. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important right there as well because a lot of us ambitious introverts like we we love to go 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 and do all the things and we have a nice organized list of all of our goals and our vision for the future but if we're not looking after our own energy and and basically paying ourselves first with our own energy then you know we're we're really setting ourselves up to fail all those great goals that we have because you're going to run out of steam and you're you're like your car is going to break down halfway down the road yeah i i uh, can identify with that completely and a thought just came to my mind that i also want to add that when i'm looking at my when i'm looking at my schedule and living my life and and i'm in an activity I've, I've started to notice when I'm doing something, like when I am extremely engaged and when am I forgetting about myself? Because sometimes I do things that I love so much that I, I forget that my energy is being drained. And then, you know, later on I might look at the time and then my brain will start working things. I've been here for several hours. It's time for me to go home. But sometimes I, I get so engrossed in things that, that I, I forget about all of that. I'm just so interested. And being self-aware and asking myself, like, what I'm feeling more often has helped me to notice that and then put more of those activities on my calendar. And I noticed that when I, some of those activities either drain me very, very little or some of them don't drain me. And and that's been really beautiful to, you know, to experience. And one example of that for me is that there's an organization in my city called soul stories and they host a discussion once a month on sundays for two hours about a topic so last month it was about outsiders and just people who think differently from us and it could be politically or um in another way and how we treat them and i even though i'm an introvert i i'm endlessly curious about people's experiences so i really love just listening to people and and being in that experience made me so happy and excited to come back, even though I was in a room with other people. And um, I, I won't say that I, I felt super energized and like I could have done it forever, but I will say that that, that two hours of my life did, did not make me, it did not feel like I was giving up myself for it, if that makes sense. So just noticing when you do feel like that. Um, other things that make me feel like that can be having a, a one-on-one with a good friend, like for breakfast or lunch or something. That Those tend not to be um, drains on my energy. But I've had to ask myself that to notice that, to notice what specific events don't, don't drain me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just wanted to throw that back in there. Oh, that's such good tips there. Um, I also want to uh, return back to courage as well, because when I think of courage, I think of you know somebody who's very confident, um, and um, behind con- or underneath confidence is basically a mindset, right? Because I know personally things um, I've done in my past, like moving countries twice. Um, people have told me that. Um, I'm very brave and I kind of look at them I'm like huh because in those moments I was absolutely shit scared like terrified like all the time going I'm not sure if this is even going to be like good if this is what's going to happen what if I fail so it's like I didn't really identify as being courageous but I did it anyway so can you share like the link between mindset and courage and 
and maybe what we can do to kind of support our mindset to then inspire action? Yeah, that's such a good question. And that's so funny that you mentioned being called brave by people as well, because I people have said that to me too. And I've always thought, um, oh, I, I mean, I just... I just did this. It it doesn't occur to you in the moment. I'm I'm gonna be brave <laughs> and just do. That. You know, you ju- you're just kind of doing what you what you really want to do. Um, but so, uh, regarding mindset, so there is a woman named Vanessa Van Edwards who has a TEDx talk on body language and feeling confident, and she has a few other really short YouTube videos and. In one of the studies that she mentioned, so there were people who, so that they were in an experience that causes anxiety uh, and the um, physiological um, like expressions of anxiety, so like sweaty palms and knots in the stomach, and they were told either to to name their anxiety as fear or to tell themselves that they were excited. And the people who told themselves that they were excited performed better. And they also reported feeling more excited after the experience. So I thought that that was really interesting. And that is something that I, even before I had seen that study, um, I've kind of told myself the same thing. It's like when you're, so when I was 21, I went out of the country uh, by myself. It was my first time out of the country. Um, and I'm, I'm in the U.S., and so I flew to Amsterdam, and I stayed in a hostel. And people would tell me things like, "Oh, you got to be careful there. You know, you, you don't want you don't want anything bad to happen to you." And even though I was a little nervous about going by myself, I just kept thinking about all the all the fun things that could happen. And so framing it as, "I am I'm going out of the country for the first time, and I'm going to get to." learn new things and talk to people who are much different than I am and just have a really fun time and instead of um, I'm I'm a woman uh, I'm I'm five foot three and three fourths I'm not very big and I'm gonna be by myself what's gonna happen to me there's so much that could happen to me so just noticing my thoughts and and choosing to have um, thoughts of excitement versus thoughts of fear has been really helpful to me oh that's such a good tip and yeah I can I can definitely identify because setting yourself up um, with your mindset before you jump into the unknown even though you will have those moments of fear where those thoughts will come in it's like allowing them to just breathe through your your mind and just like go in and go out um, but that they're not going to be the main um, conversation in your head right like if you can get like 51% of that that really strong, excite, exciting conversation in your head, like you're already winning, right? Like, this is going to be exciting and fantastic. Like, who, how many amazing people will I meet? Like, I could learn so much from them. That's such a helpful tool. Yeah, yeah. And it becomes really, it becomes really fun, especially with, you know, with the power of the internet now you can google pictures of all these exciting places and and see smiling people having fun and instagram i mean for i mean i know a lot of people say oh people on the internet are just showing you their best lives but the good thing about people doing that is that i mean that was this amazing moment that someone showed you did happen in their life and they took a picture of it which shows that it could also happen for you so (laughs) you can use other people's um amazing experiences like just as an example for you of what could happen and something that you can look forward to as well oh that's that's a good point the power of visualization is so um it's it's such a strong tool to use i mean athletes do it right before they're going to be like in this big game or before the olympics they'll envision how they're going to perform and like to the best of their ability and so yeah like right before you take a big trip or you do something big seeing other people who've done um, that before you, um, who are maybe a couple steps ahead, they're modeling that behavior and showing that it is, it can be done, it does exist. That's really powerful. Um, 
So I think that's definitely a really helpful tool for for someone who might be playing with the idea of doing something courageous. Yeah, and and you know it's also fun just to to journal about it and and take your own pictures. You know? That's something that I'm practicing more too is taking pictures and recording the happy times in my life so I can look back on them and then look forward to more. Oh, that's, yeah, the power of gratitude, right? And to be grateful for where you are right now as you're very hopeful and working toward the future goals as well. Yeah, that I think when you're going through those low points in life, especially if you can think of three things that you're really, truly grateful for in the moment, whether that be the sun, um, your grandma hugging you, whatever it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, petting your cat. Exactly. So I'm curious as well. So like, um, I know that like, you know, working on your mindset's important. You gave us some really great tools, but also learning to trust yourself is also really important um, as well, because, um, it, you know, while you're working on your mindset um, and, and then starting to act on that different perspective, um, there's a little bit of trust that goes into that action, right? Um, trusting that you're going to land on your feet, trusting that it's going to be okay, trusting that the decision that you just made um, is going to be okay even if it flops, right? So how can empaths, introverts, any, anyone really learn how to trust themselves? Mm, um, that's a really good question, and that's something that, I am also continuing to learn about and grow with. And something that's helping me to trust myself more is to talk to myself more. And like I mentioned earlier, just asking myself questions about about what I what I want and how I'm feeling. And for, so for me, that's been easiest through journaling at the end of the day. Because if my if I ask myself a question um, and I don't write it down, it might help me in the moment. But but journaling just really helps me solidify like my mindset changes and um, what I want to create. And so when I journal, sometimes I ask myself questions like, um, "How did I feel when I was interacting with this specific person?" Or I just might start to notice that when I'm interacting with certain people I feel really comfortable and and loved and seen and heard and when I'm interacting with other people um, not so much and just being honest with myself about my experience and then um, so acknowledging that to myself helps me make better predictions about what just about who I would get along with and about what events would be good for me to go to and uh, another thing that's helping me to trust myself more uh, is just to reflect on the things that have happened in my life that I've been able to get myself through so looking back on graduating from college and graduating from high school uh, I was sent to a behavioral modification school when I was younger because I I was um, a troubled teen (laughs) And getting through that experience was really difficult, but I did it. And and now I'm successful and on my way to being more successful. So using those past successes to to just kind of back me up and remind myself that I make good decisions has been really helpful. And then um, I also want to say affirmations. And I, I want to acknowledge that some people have mentioned that affirmations, that, you know, you can't just say something every day in the mirror until you believe it because it's not going to be real but I think that that's I think that's just a a perspective on affirmations my experience with affirmations is that I I've I've said them even when I didn't believe them at all and I've just said them a lot (laughs) and that has changed my perception of myself over time (laughs) and um, more recently I have um a calendar of affirmations from Louise Hay and every day um, I get a new one and they're very they're very soft 
so they're a little bit easier to believe. But one that came up recently was, um, I make good decisions and I trust myself to know what to do. And that really resonated with me because I, I think everyone experiences some doubt around that. But just saying, hear, hearing myself say, I make good decisions, I trust myself, and then thinking of good decisions that I've made in the past has helped me to trust myself more. Um, so affirmations have been really helpful for me, and I invite anyone who's curious about them to uh, to use them. Mm, uh, that's such a good point. Um, the, yeah, the power of reframing your... Um, your subconscious um, through time and just seeing that and hearing that over and over is is so helpful Um, I also think like what you're saying there about looking back in your past experiences and what you had once deemed really like the the worst experience or like a really stressful experience is sometimes the biggest teacher and you get so such good information but you also feel like such a badass after because you're like yes I got through that like I'm so much more strong than I thought I was I'm more resilient than I thought I was like I totally got this because I got that one last time and I'm, I'm fine. I'm just a little bit stronger and wiser. And so it's like reminding yourself that those past experiences were there to teach you and to guide you into the, in the, the area of life that you are now in. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Valencia, I am absolutely curious now um, what your current focus is. Um, so just focusing more on okay so uh this this might sound funny so earlier you you were talking about labels and how it's not labels aren't something that's meant labels aren't meant to keep us small they're meant to um they're meant for us to use to see what what we could become and at the beginning of this year when i was setting my intentions i thought i i want to be lovingly egotistical um i want i want to think i am smart i am powerful i am capable i and i am just as capable as anyone else and i wanted to develop a a power mindset about myself so honestly that is something that i'm focusing on being being gently and lovingly egotistical i love that (laughs) And, and experimenting with that and uh, part of that is accepting my authentic experience and, and validating it and not, you know, not waiting for other people's permission to, um, to be happy and to, to be successful. And uh, so I'm also focusing on how I can create more of that for other people. So another one of my intentions is to create spaces for other people to grow uh, because something that so as you go along on your journey, you, we often meet people who are not in the same place as us, or they're, they're struggling with some similar things that we've struggled with in the past, but now we've um, kind of transcended that. And I wanna create spaces for people to, to do that, um, especially around being courageous and owning their experience and expressing it to other people. So I'm really focused on giving other people a way to step into their power in the same way that I'm stepping into mine and doing that in a way where where I'm supporting them and I'm not just leading them. I don't I don't necessarily want to lead people. I want to support people on their journeys of growth and that's why I'm that's why I'm a coach because I I want to be there with people not necessarily in front of them. That makes sense. That's beautiful. And I know that you um, really lovingly have um, gifted our the Find the Focus podcast listeners with a little gift. Would you be able to share um, what that is? I have. (laughs) Um, So I'm really excited to share with you all that I would love to give you um, 50% off a coaching package with me. And so for my packages, I have um, packages that are um, a month long or you can purchase a few sessions at a time and maybe I'll put I'll give you a description of that to put in the show notes but 
I would just love to be able to work with you all, and, I, and I'm really happy to offer that to you all. Oh, fantastic. Yay, gifts. Oh, that's really lovely. Um, And then, Valencia, where can um, women who've really identified with your story and your message, um, where can they follow you and find out more about you? Sure. Um, So you can find me on Facebook at Valencia Vargas, if you just search Valencia Vargas. Um, And my profile picture is a picture of my friends and I, and I have a really big smile (laughs) and also um, on Facebook at Radiant Courage Uh, that is the name of my coaching business excellent and www.radiantcourage.com wonderful ladies I'm going to put all of those links um, for you to um, head on over to Valencia's pages and find out more about her all of those links will be in the show notes um, as well as some of the helpful hints and like books um, and mantras that Valencia has referenced um, here in the podcast episode to today so um, Valencia it has been a joy I've just enjoyed your energy and your sense of humor and um, I was here for all of those tips that you gave me so thank you yay thank you for having me on (laughs) and I'm really excited that I got to be here today thanks for listening to this episode hopefully I gave you the boost you needed to start your week if it did it would be appreciated if you spent two minutes right now to give this podcast a review on iTunes and then share the episode with an introverted friend who needs to hear this message Your review will make sure other ambitious introverts who are struggling to find their voice and focus find this show and can receive the love and support we hope you felt today. Thank you. And remember, your perceived introverted weaknesses are your powerhouse.